Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I'd like to welcome you back for another episode. Today, you are in for a real treat because I have Jane G with me. Jane is a barrister in the United Kingdom, and she is also uh, the CEO at Comply Global Limited. And why that is going to be important and how that's going to help you, she will definitely explain. But we're going to talk about innovation in due diligence around know your customer and uh really all of the third parties that you deal with. So Jane, uh, first of all, thank you for taking time to visit with me today. Pleasure. Jane, I was wondering if you could start by telling us uh, what's the business of Comply Global? Sure, Comply Global um, essentially offers two different products. One of them is a search platform, which you can use as a company to look for adverse information or negative news, depending on what you want to call it. Um, It's not just media information, it's information contained in directories. Uh, We cover far more than the uh, manual search engines. So for example, Google or Yahoo or Bing. Um, But that platform enables a bank or someone who wants to check out their suppliers to look up for details of both individuals and companies and the people who are involved in running those companies and see whether there's been any information which is publicly available, which is negative in nature. And the whole purpose of that for for financial institutions is so that they can make a good risk assessment of whether they want to take on that client or in the case of third party um, suppliers, whether they want to do business with them. And um, that information could be absolutely crucial because it could also mean that you avoid damaging your own reputation. So that's one product, that's Comply IQ. The second product we offer is uh, we will do a a much more detailed report if you require it. So we have three levels of report that we offer. So if somebody um, uses our search platform and comes up with some information, if they want to just check out one particular aspect, that would be the lowest level of information. If they want something a little more detailed, that would be a sort of CDD. And if they want to go to the ultimate lengths, they will do enhanced due diligence. So we offer um, those three grades of reports. So, Jane, one of the things that uh, uh, you've said that really struck me is that many companies have not updated their processes for performing due diligence uh, as long as 15 years. And that in the business world and at the speed of which, frankly, the criminals move now is is almost light years ago. And one might even say in a place far, far away in a galaxy a long time ago. (laughs) So what um, I was wondering if you could give us your thoughts on what is enhanced due diligence and why do your clients or or really all clients need that now? Well, enhanced due diligence in the UK and in Europe has a particular meaning. Um, There is an obligation to carry out enhanced due diligence if you're dealing with high risk countries or if, for example, you're dealing with a PEP. So there are very specific situations in which enhanced due diligence is required. 
um, and we can help fulfill those obligations. But I think in this day and age, um, it's fairly obvious that when you want to find out information on somebody or a company, you should be looking at all publicly available information sources. Um, and those publicly information uh, available information sources uh, are not available just by using conventional search engines. Those search engines were designed for quite a different task. So if you're looking to find that sort of information, you really need to do to use dedicated technology. And you're quite right when you say that uh, criminals and organized crime is using very sophisticated technology these days. As we know, we had a report today on a uh, Welsh cell that was um, using raising money to help fund ISIS. Um, now, you know, that can happen from anywhere in the world um, and you need to check out the person that you're dealing with and do the best that you can to check whether there is adverse information about them. And so although EDD is a specific term, uh, I like to think that um, the sort of searches that we're advocating are searches that you would carry out regularly on any client, particularly if you wanted to onboard them quickly and in a frictionless way. Jane, I was wondering if you could tell us what search strings are, how they're used in a due diligence investigation or review, and what are their limitations? Sure. Search strings are basically a combination of words which you're using to uh, uncover whether there is adverse information. Um, at the moment, you can use what's called a Boolean search, where you can either use the word and, or you can use the word or as part of your search if you want to make it uh, more or less specific. If you're using Google, for example, you have a, a limitation of 32 search terms. Actually, I think it's the number of characters, but it comes down to about 32 search terms, which are the maximum that can be used. And if you use more than that, they will be ignored by Google. Um, but as I said, the it's really horses for courses because you need to be able to use uh, some technology, some software, which is dedicated to uncovering the sort of information, if it exists, in all the public sources. Um, and that's an important aspect. So search strings are what people use, but there are many limitations to using search strings in conventional search engines. So with that limitation, could you explain to us what's a deep dive due diligence from your perspective? Sure. Um, Deep dive is really a term that we've coined to try and explain to people that um, a normal search engine will only look at the surface web, which is less than 4% of the publicly available material um, on the internet. So if you're going to do um, a proper due diligence, you wouldn't want to search just the surface web. You'd want to search the deep web. Uh, now, I'd like to make a distinction between the deep web and the dark web. I'm not talking about the dark web. I'm not talking about using the Tor browser. Um, but the, the deep web is a great deal of information uh, which you could look at if you had the right uh, platform to be able to do that. And that information will be directories, will be the sort of information that governments put together, tax defaulters, uh, people who've been disqualified as directors. So there are lots and lots of directories, 
and there are lots of reasons why a dedicated search platform can do a much better job for you than the sort of hit and miss approach. I mean, I call it the needle in the haystack approach, which people who are using conventional search engines are employing. They really don't stand a chance of finding publicly available information. They're just hoping that they won't find anything in many cases, which is a pretty narrow view. So Jane, one of the things I found uh, very innovative uh, that you have advocated is the use of artificial intelligence to supplement traditional due diligence investigations. Uh, could you uh, talk to us a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, artificial intelligence is a sort of generic term and it covers um, several technologies which are employed within our search platform. So we use technologies such as natural language processing and machine learning so that our searches can be much more effective. Um, and obviously everybody is familiar with algorithms these days and the fact that many of the day-to-day -day products we use run on sophisticated algorithms and our product is no different. Um, we're using those technologies to make sure that our search platform uncovers the information that you want and also it's filtering and it's passing that information, that's P-A-R-S-I-N-G, um, the information to make sure that it's as focused as possible. So we aim to cut down the number of false positives that people have to wade through and we aim to serve up the information that will help them make that vital risk assessment. So how can enhanced uh, due diligence or even um, uh, due diligence using AI can be made more real time? Because one of the things that has become clear, certainly in the anti-corruption world and probably just as strongly in the anti-money laundering world, is that uh, companies and individuals uh, will move from uh, organizations to organizations. There'll be changes. Uh, there'll be reformations of organizations. A politically exposed person may move into uh, the private sector or a private sector employee might move to a government role. How can um, a company really deal with that uh, dynamic through due diligence? Sure. Well, I, I don't want to... Um how can I put it, be too critical of the existing static databases which exist because the banks have relied on them for many years um, and they have been um, tried and trusted and very often they have uncovered information. But the problem is that with a static database, you have to maintain it. So those companies employ, in some cases, hundreds of people to uh, add additional information every day to their databases to keep them as current as they can. But of course, they can't cover everything. And we live in a world which is real time um, so that a search engine, a search platform really needs to be something which works in real time and isn't just a database that you've compiled. Um, it can't possibly be effective. So every day there are thousands and thousands of records of adverse um, information being added to the internet. And there are also people who are becoming PEPs every day. So these um, databases and the, this information needs to be available in real time. And you're going to see more cooperation happening 
between financial intelligence units across the world because it's important that there is some uh, some coordination in the way in which these people regard for example who is a pep so we're going to see a lot more sharing of information and that information should be available in real time to companies who want to do these searches otherwise they're always one step behind the curve Jane, one of the things that's popped up here in the United States literally over the past couple of months is the issue of legal and public gambling. Um, the United States Supreme Court changed the rules and it's now going to allow betting on literally uh, in every state in America that wants betting. Uh, betting is much more prevalent uh, and has existed uh, for much longer in the United Kingdom. But I was wondering, uh, for states or other regulators in the United States, what are the challenges for enhanced due diligence in an industry such as gambling? That's uh, certainly the gambling industry is very interesting. Um, I would say that in the UK, we've seen uh, the Gambling Commission wrote a letter to remote gam uh, casino gambling operators earlier this year. They were warning that there was going to be um, a fine of a high profile operator that was almost inevitable because their KYC and their anti-money laundering controls are inadequate. Um, at the moment, very often people just verify a name, date of birth and address, um, which is not enough. Um, it's a high risk industry and it's always been associated and there's always been a close connection between gambling and organized crime. Um, and obviously the gambling industry ought to be taking compliance a lot more seriously. So you have to see that um, the gambling operators ought to be doing much more. Um, it's a surprise, I think, to everybody that there haven't been more serious fines. Um, and now, you know, although gambling operators in the past have seen um, compliance rather as a hindrance and another obstacle, they need to see it as something which they have got to take more seriously and that it should be really an investment. It's like an insurance because it serves to protect their business. Um, good compliance can prevent fines and it can stop reputational damage. And that's the sort of attitude which is needed now within the gambling industry. So we've been talking quite a bit here to uh, the Gambling Commission and, and it's being recognized that the old methods of searching for adverse information are not adequate and that modern methods using software using artificial intelligence can protect companies in a much better way and they can also stop uh, a lot of the money laundering so that organized crime can be uncovered and i think that's a pretty um, compelling reason for the gambling industry to get involved and to update their systems and make sure that they are using the latest technology so Jane, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, but I was wondering if anyone had uh, questions about uh, anything you've talked about today on the podcast or about Comply Global or wanted to get in touch with you, uh, how would they do so? Oh, absolutely. I will. Um, my uh, email address uh, is on our website, www.comply-global.com, um, and we have a uh, an hello at uh, Comply Global web, 
address which can be used if anybody has a, a, um, a question they want to ask and I will um, if um, it's acceptable to you I will also send some links to um, articles that we've written um, we are going to publish a white paper in the near future which is about essentially about the limitations of existing search engines because as I mentioned quite a lot of people are still using um, search engines which were never intended for anti-money laundering purposes and which have a quite a different rationale behind them and will not produce um, all the information which people need to search, unfortunately. Well, Jane, I wanted to thank you again for taking the time to visit with me. I've been visiting with Jane G. She is the CEO of Comply Global, and we've been having a very interesting conversation about innovation in due diligence around money laundering, but for my money, uh, much broader topics, including uh, anti-corruption compliance. So, Jane, uh, thank you, and I look forward to continuing the conversation. Thank you very much, Tom. If you're a compliance professional looking for a convenient and effective way to fulfill your continuing education requirements, go to fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses and choose from four hour-long training packages that will keep you current. That's fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses.